Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network, the podcast for product marketers and competitive professionals looking to give their business a competitive advantage. And join with me is the man behind the scenes, my partner in crime, the guy who keeps the lights on, is producer Ben. Hey Ben. Howdy Adam, good to be here, good to see you as always. It's always good to see you, but especially so because this is the unofficial kickoff of season three we've made it to three seasons i know this is incredible i i when i was the one-man band trying to make this thing happen who'd have thunk it i thought i was gonna slip up and fall by episode three we're still here we're still here and in order to keep us still here we'd love some of your feedback and ben has built a survey ben do you want to share a little bit on that yeah, so if we could get you to go to the show notes uh, and find the listener feedback survey, uh, it's a brief survey, shouldn't take you longer than five minutes, but as we're as we're planning season three and we're ready to get it kicked off in the next couple of weeks, we'd really love your input in terms of what topics you want to see, if you have any guests that you think would be good, uh, and a little bit about how you've liked the show so far. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Big shout out to everyone who's already filled it out. We see you. We appreciate it. Um, head to the show notes. The link is there absolutely yeah that feedback we get from we starve we're starving for that feedback at all times we're marketers we need we need this qualitative feedback that's what keeps us going so would appreciate any and all ideas topics suggestions things we want to hear more of less of all of the above let us know um and we'll try and make sure we deliver for season three in the meantime before we officially do get into season three we wanted to do a little um a little look back especially since we did just host the biggest compete event of the year in December, Compete Week 2022. Ton of great presentations, a ton of great speakers, and we want to share those sessions on the feet. And there's no one better to kick this off than Tara Scott, the Market Intelligence Manager at Benevity. Tara Scott is an unofficial slash official friend of the show. Hey, Ben. Yeah, I think what struck me about Tara right away was how Tara really combines all of the sort of intelligence and the hard skills you need to be a product marketer and a compete pro, but Tara is also an excellent communicator who is good at building relationships. You instantly want to be friends with Tara. Um, was so excited that she agreed to help us out with Compete Week. And this presentation, which is all about how to brief execs with competitive intel, um, probably Tara is probably the poster child uh, to do a presentation on this one. So it's a quick, quick, short presentation, about 15 minutes. We'll also put the link to the video in the show notes if you wanted to watch it as well. Um, but we're really excited that we get to bring this to you again again and, and give it a give it some new life absolutely i love tara Te like to your point she, everything is effortless it feels like from her she's incredibly smart i mean we've talked to so many smart people on this show i am often if not always the dumb person in the room i wear that with pride at this point but tara talks to you in a way that makes me feel like i'm just having a cup of coffee with a friend and they're teaching me a boatload about how to compete there's no if and or buts about it. She will be on season three numerous times. We'll get put out the bat signal and Tara will be there. So with that all said, let's get into Tara's presentation from Compete Week. How to brief your execs with competitive intel. Hello, everyone. My name is Tara Scott, and I'm the manager of growth and market intelligence at Benevity, which is a B2B SaaS company. I'm so excited to spend some time with all of you talking about how to brief execs with competitive intel. 
I'm actually going to start with the TLDR on this session or too long, didn't read. If you're here right now, I'm going to guess you either haven't started briefing your company's execs yet, or you're in the early stages and you're trying to figure out how to make it work. In my experience, the fastest and most effective way to get in a groove is just having an executive sponsor. First, you should start by asking the person on the executive leadership team that you report up to just to give them that right of refusal. And in my case, that's our chief product officer. He was very keen to support me because he's worked closely with competitive Intel people before, and he really understands the value that we bring to the business. Of course, compete functions sit in different parts of different companies. So if it's not as high a priority for your exec, then you can reach out to other executive leaders who will have a vested interest in your work and therefore will be keen to support you and elevate your voice. No matter who you end up going with though, it's really critical to have someone you can work with who understands what your executive team cares most about rather than trying to thrash it all out on your own. This person can help with you. <clears throat> this person can help you with your strategy and they can be a sounding board about which pieces of intel to share ad hoc outside of regularly scheduled activities like your newsletter. Of course, you know, today is the get done day. So I'm going to take you through a tangible exercise that I went through recently with my own exec team. Specifically, I built a presentation that's all about ensuring a common understanding of the market we play in, how we fit in it, and any critical insights that can help with corporate strategy. This went so well that I followed it up with a roadshow for all of my exec's individual teams of leaders. And this document will be updated and shared quarterly. I'm going to get into the roadshow part a little closer to the end. So if that like piqued your interest, just hang tight. The other thing I want to mention that you're not going to see here is how to build a TAM or anything like that. That was a separate exercise that we did outside of this. So it's not really in the scope of this particular conversation. So first thing, just to start, if you don't have a map of your market yet, you're going to need one. Over the years of my current company, I've seen and built a few different ones, but it was really time to take a step back and look at our overall market from a fresh perspective. So in case this market map format doesn't look familiar to you, it's a really powerful way to just visualize the market that your company plays in, your position within it, all based on two variables. But before you can even fill this out, you really need to be clear on what your market is, especially if you want to look at a particular segment. And the reason I say this is because buying decisions can be driven by completely different things when you're looking at different segments. Once you know that, you can start to determine the variables that will be used to map out your market. Depending on what your exec team wants to know, there may be a bunch of variables that you'll need to map against like price or quality, which are just two examples. Now for us, we chose one variable that's based around the overarching needs our buyers are seeking to have solved and then we looked at whether those needs are being solved via enterprise solutions or by point solutions. So when you have your own variables in place, you can plot your company and your competitors on this grid. And then at the end, you'll have a visual of the market and understanding of where you sit and then see where those potential gaps and opportunities could be for your business. So remember how I was just hammering on about how you need an exact sponsor? Building out a market map for the first time is a great reason to engage with that person. For me, that meant that my exec sponsor and I literally went back to the drawing board or the whiteboard as it were. So if you're able, you can stand in front of a whiteboard in person and draw it all out. 
Or if you're working with someone who's in a different location, you can use collaboration tools like Miro or Lucidchart to map it out and then go clean it up in PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever it is that you're using. Another tip is that if you're still building your own understanding of the players in your market and you need to build one of those one of these ASAP, it's always a good idea to phone a friend. I had to build out a similar map for my new portfolio when I was a product marketer a few years ago. So I took my own best stab at it, but then I validated it with those who knew more than me. And that included sales reps, it included some folks from our pre-sales team, and it included my partner in product management who'd been in the industry much longer than I had. Also, if your exec team wants you to track things across more than two variables, well, then you can do that, but it just means you're going to be building multiple maps. Different maps can help inform different things like corporate strategy, product strategy, and sales and marketing strategies. So that can be a good thing, just depending on what they need. So of course, you know, the benefits of building up maps like these is that in addition to them being that powerful visualization, like I was describing, is also that they're very easy to understand and they're very quick to build. But of course, it's also good to keep in mind the potential drawbacks, which include that they don't really have any scientific rigor to them. They don't include facts or statistics, and they can be kind of biased or subjective. But as long as you keep that in mind and you supplement them with other materials, like what I'm about to talk about next, those market maps can be incredibly useful for getting teams, including your exec, on the same page. So next up, there is a much bigger section, obviously, when you have one map, that's a pretty small section. But next up, um, kind of the, the bulk of it was building out a view of the factors that are driving demand in our market, and then how that's being met from the supply side by both us and our competitors. And, you know, while I had some ideas around how to build a base of knowledge around our market that goes much deeper than that market map, this is actually the structure that my exec sponsor had seen success with previously. And now that I've worked through this exercise, I really see why he likes it because it's a format that's easy to follow and digest just as long as you keep your content clear. So I wanted to show you this template because this is what I use for building out the factors that are driving demand on the market. It's obviously really simple, four columns, but it does get it all down to one succinct slide. And when you're building out your own view of what's creating demand, there's going to be a number of sources that you can review to create your story pillars. For us, it made sense to look at what are analysts saying about our market and including details from a few that have been writing about us. Um, then looking at what are major themes that are dominating the industry publications and perhaps choosing one that makes the most sense at the time. For us, DE&I has been huge. So that's what I chose but it's likely gonna be different for you depending on your industry. Next up, I included anecdotal feedback from our sales team because I meet with each of our sales teams quarterly and we get a lot of really rich information from them about why are people uh, showing up and interested in our product, what are the trends and all of that. And then finally, I included some quotes from our clients and these are regularly collected via NPS surveys and these surveys assess things like client satisfaction with our products, with the support they receive, as well as their likelihood to recommend us. So they're a really rich resource that you can include when you're sharing that feedback. Of course, after that, it was time to map out what the supply side of the market looks like. 
And this is another great time to talk to your executive sponsor just to ensure that your ideas align with their expectations. So for me and my sponsor, we agreed that it made sense to build out several deliverables in this section so that they really kind of have that understanding of where, what are our strengths? What are the opportunities for us? Where could challenges be? And I'm not going to show all of them. I'm not going to really get into a lot of details about them, but just so that you have a sense of what worked for us, maybe something to consider that could work for you. We started with feature comparison grids of us versus our tier one and tier two competitors for each product line. And we did this just to ensure that common understanding of who is taking care of which jobs to be done and how well in our market. And we did this very much from like a market perception perspective. This is kind of like in the eyes of the buyers, how would they rate all of us on all of these things? The next step is I did a SWAT-based deep dive into us versus each of our tier one competitors. And I included recommendations for what could be included. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I included recommendations for what we could be doing on each of those deep dives. Okay, I'm gonna say right now, I know a lot of CI people believe that SWAT stands for silly waste of time. And I get it, I understand why. But in my opinion, when you pair it with the recommendations, that's where you get into relevant, actionable tools that can inform strategy rather than just making people wonder, well, so what? Okay, there's just all this info here. Next up, I included a win-loss analysis, and it, that really showcased how are we doing against our tier one and tier two competitors. And so, of course, it included win rates against each competitor, and then looking at why did we win or lose against them, and what were some notable wins and losses against them. And then at the end, there was a final slide with key takeaways and recommendations. Now, you can kind of go about this a couple of ways. Um, in my case, rather than just capturing what they thought in the first place, I presented some to them. And these were split between what are opportunities for our business and what are risks for our business. And then for each one of those items, I noted what the takeaway was based on the, the data and the information that we had at hand and what was a potential action or recommendation that they could take. Um, these were not highly prescriptive recommendations, so there's room for conversation, just given the audience that it is an executive leadership team but I gave them things to consider. And it actually turned out some of them were already underway um, in a case of what I personally like to think of as great minds take alike. But some of them will take time to act on. It will take us months to do things with. So in working through both the supply and the demand sections, I partnered with the person who heads up our corporate strategy. Normally I would work with my director, but we were actually in between directors at the time. And it was really helpful to have someone to work closely with as I was going through and building everything who could validate my thinking, make formatting suggestions, and ensure all my I's were dotted and my T's were crossed before it went to my exec sponsor for approval and then sending it on to the rest of the team. So my other big tip for you is make sure you have the right person or people in place who will be able to review and validate what you're presenting before it goes to your exec team. Now, the final step, of course, is actually talking to your exec about what you've put together. So for me, the way I went about this is I sent the deck out in advance and it had been designed to be read rather than presented. When you go and do this, you might end up building a deck that you are going to present 
And if you do that, that's completely fine. But in that case, plan to have not a lot of text on your slides and be able to speak to things. But because I sent the deck out in advance and did design it to be read, it allowed me to act as a facilitator and they were able to show up ready to have a fulsome conversation about our market because they had already really digested the information. And honestly, like truly, I was facilitating the conversation. I wasn't um, laying down guardrails. I wasn't telling them they couldn't go to certain places. Like that time was theirs. They had consumed the information and it was time for them to meet up and discuss what are the things that we want to do and how do we want to deal with it? And it was great. They showed up with plenty of questions and they walked away understanding those key areas of opportunities and threats to our business. And like I mentioned, they were keen for me to share these insights with their own leadership teams. Now, because this was the first presentation of its kind, I didn't remove any info for any of those teams, but I did spend more time in some areas than others, depending on who I was talking to and what they were interested in. So for example, marketing, client success, and sales were all more interested in the market overview and the trends that were driving demand, while product and technology were most interested in the feature comparison charts and the SWAT-based deep dives. Everyone, probably not surprising to anyone else, was very interested in those win-loss trends. So going forward, as I meet with those leadership teams again, I might tailor it to different audiences, but for this time, it really made sense to work through everything with everyone. Of course, this format works best for reporting out on a regular cadence, like quarterly or twice a year. And again, that's going to depend on what your exec team wants to. So talk to your sponsor about that. In conclusion, the three things that I really want you to keep in mind are, first of all, like I said, TLDR, get an exec sponsor if you don't have one. That person is going to be an incredible sounding board and they're potentially going to be your greatest champion. If you pick the right person, it can be like a career game changer to get to work with somebody like that. Second point, if you haven't done it yet, build at least one market map. Even if you don't send it to anybody, it's a great exercise to go through. And if you do have one, Consider whether it still makes sense for your business because the world is changing so quickly that market conditions are changing too. And lastly, you might be the only person doing competitive intel in your company, but you still don't have to do it alone. So if you need help from stakeholders in sales, client success, product, anywhere in your business really, cultivate those relationships and don't be afraid to call on people when you need to validate or build out insights. And that's it. So that is my best tangible advice for how you can go about sharing Intel with execs. Hey everyone, I'm Jason Oakley, co-host of Compared to What, a show where my friend Federico and I dive deep into the all-important tool in a product marketer's toolkit, the comparison page. We guide you through real-life examples from brands like Shopify and BigCommerce, Chromecast and Airtable, Asana, ClickUp, and more, taking a look at the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly along the way. So come watch Federico and myself on season one of Compared to What, only on the Compete Network.